let's see, what should we talk about? And and why specifically, besides moving, you know, thinking about um, the Pulse Massacre, which obviously ins- inspired you to do a lot of intense activism, mm-hmm. why do you think today, you know, queer and trans people um, should maybe learn about guns? Specifically. Ah. <laughs> uh. Well, we'll go with the easy answer first, yeah. um, because you can, because you have a right to, mm. um, because you should always choose education over ignorance, mm. because there are people who don't want you to do it. I agree. Yeah. And it's it's those opportunists again, mm-hmm. but it isn't an economic opportunity. It's a opportunity to hurt other people. Bigotry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I do feel, and, and you know, this is where I get a little hand-on-heart patriotic, mm. that, that it is very patriotic. Because remember, our nation was founded by a bunch of people who said, no, Britain, we're not going to let you do things. Yeah. Uh, we're not going to let you confiscate mm. our, uh, our firearms and our powder. Right. And... As they did in some European countries, and mm-hmm. is Australia also like that? Did oh they? yes, yeah, yeah. Oh yes, mm. because you were talking about Australia building, kind of rebuilding a gun culture. Well, there are people there who are trying to. Okay. It's it's very difficult. Okay. They are very restrictive there, mm. um, and so I, I feel that it is very American. Okay, and so someone. You know, People like to bring up, well, the Second Amendment was was devised so that you could mm. fight the government. And, okay, be that as it may, the point of the Second Amendment, really, as far as I'm concerned, is don't trust the government to have your best interests in heart. Right. Because they don't. Right. They have the government's best interests yeah. at heart. And, and also, even if they do, let's say, like the agents of the government, you know, police officers and that mm-hmm. sort of thing, they always show up after the fact. Yes. After after the hurt has happened, after whatever has happened, that's all they can do is show up after the fact. Mm-hmm. I've even had police tell me that, mm-hmm. you know, because I had a I had a stalker once a long time ago, and they said, well, unless he's hurt you, mm-hmm. you can't show up, mm-hmm. you know, because that person also has rights, uh, even though, you know, there were things that he was doing that I couldn't really prove. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the things... I keep saying that, but it's true. One of the things I like to say is that you are your own first responder. Yes. Because the police can take 15 minutes or more to show up. Right. In which time horrible things can happen to you. A few years back, there was a shooting in Virginia Beach. Mm. And the police station was literally down the street a few blocks. Mm. It was about as best case scenario as you could get. It took them, I don't know, 20, 30 minutes to respond and neutralize the shooters yeah. because someone has to call 911. 911 has to report it. They have to get in touch with the police. The police have to physically get there. Yeah. And then they have to plan what they're going to do once they're on scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The police, unfortunately, they're, they aren't security on Star Trek. Yeah. They can't transport in and save you right then. Right. The only guarantee. No time travel either. No. The only guarantee in any disaster involving you is that you are going to be the first responder. Yeah. And so you need to be able to 
deal with it. Right. Um, I'm going to reach off screen here for a minute. Okay. <laughs> it's no, it it's completely relevant. Okay. Aha. Here we go. Okay. I have a tourniquet. Oh. Wow. That doesn't look like a tourniquet. <laughs> oh, it is. It is. Trust okay. me. I have a tourniquet. I'm, to, think, to, I'm thinking of mash or something. Oh, <laughs> tourniquet technology has evolved quite a long way since then. Okay. So this is to stop traumatic bleeding. Okay. This does not make me a paramedic. Mm. It is just another tool I have in my toolbox yes. so that I can hopefully mitigate circumstances while waiting for the professionals to arrive. Yeah. And hopefully it'll save someone's life. Maybe mine. Yeah. Maybe a family member's, yeah. might even be a bystander. Yeah. But the point is, I have it so that I can hopefully save a life. Yeah. It and does. That's, it. And that's really responsible as a gun owner, too, mm -hmm. because if you do shoot someone, it's not necessarily like you want to kill them. You know, maybe you just wounded them or something you like that. You just want the threat to go away. You want the threat to go mm -hmm. away. And it, that's really compassionate that you would have a tourniquet with you. To possibly save that person's life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I, I draw the parallel. Okay, I've got this life-saving tool. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean I'm a paramedic. It's just a tool in my toolbox. Yeah. I, just like a first aid kit. I have a pistol. Yeah. It doesn't mean I'm a police officer. Mm. It's just another tool in my toolbox right. that I can use to protect myself until the professionals arrive. Right. And I love that. I love the humility in that too. You know, there's, you know, it's uh, some people think that if you get a gun that you have some big ego or something and you're going to, you know, wave it around and look mm -hmm. at me, I'm so tough. But I, there's some humility in that and I love that. The more you know about guns, the less you want to shoot someone. Right. And, and I'm sure for people who are just getting into that, there, there's a certain amount of that John Wayne feeling and it, it goes away very quickly yeah. because because well you got to clean that gun too if you shoot it a lot at the range you know <laughs> those of us who have paid attention to mm. the self-defense shootings mm. and I'm not going to get into the politics yes but the, the two big names of George Zimmerman and Kyle Rittenhouse mm. look at how much hell these people went through yes yes Kyle Rittenhouse, I mean, he like passed out even, I believe he, you know, during his, his trial. I, yeah. I, I didn't watch he, it. Yeah. He kind of fell down at a couple mm. of points. Yeah. My, my point being mm -hmm. is once you realize just how much it's going to affect, yeah. let's be frank, ruin your life. Yes. If you have to shoot another person in self-defense, yes. no matter how completely uh, justified you may be. Mm-hmm. The more you go, I, I really don't want to. Yeah. And there's a lot of psychology involved in studying people who have shot people. Mm -hmm. um, and I would suggest you... Masad Ayub has written a lot. How do you spell the last name? A-Y-O-O-B. Okay. It's, uh, it's Lebanese. Okay. And, uh, you know, he is a gentleman who's been teaching police officers how to shoot since like the 70s or the 80s. Mm. He's very prolific. He's very well read and very well written. Okay. And, you know, he's written about it as well as other people. Mm. And there are some universal things that happen 
when you have to shoot someone and and there there's guilt there's what's known as the mark of Cain syndrome where you believe that 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 you're cursed and you know everyone is hating you and judging you mm. and there's just so much psychological trauma that affects you not just in here mm. but it affects your body and it affects you socially right that because most people are not sociopaths yes like fortunately most, like the vast majority of all of us are not sociopathic so we do have feelings about mm-hmm. you know our actions consequences you know and so yeah the the, the more you you study what's involved in these self-defense shootings mm. It, the more you go, oh, I really don't want to. Look, if if I have to defend myself and I can do it without shooting someone, yeah. if it means they go away, you know, oh, okay, so I'm pointing my gun. I'm saying don't come any closer. Yeah. And they run away. Great. Yeah, that's a win. It, yeah, I'm not victimized. Yep. You know, I, I haven't had to shoot anyone. Okay, the bad guy isn't caught, but you know what? That's not my job. Yeah. That's the job of the police. I can give them a report. I, I bet... Uh, he'd think twice, though. I hope so. Yeah. Um, I suppose, best case scenario, I, I hold him there for the police to show up, and he's arrested. Great. The very last thing I want to do is to shoot him. Mm. Don't get me wrong. I will if I have to. That's right. Because if you're going to carry a gun for self-defense, the worst thing you can do is not have the will to use it. Yeah. Because that's how we get the... It's, it's not so much a myth, it's greatly over-exaggerated, mm. but it is possible for you to be overpowered and lose your weapon. Mm. And it comes primarily from you not having the will to use it until mm. it's too late. Like too much hesitation. Yes. Yeah. You know, you're that's, not going to do it. That's and, where trading comes in. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so you need, if, if you're going to carry a gun um, for self-defense, you, you need training, you need confidence confidence that you can operate it, confidence that you can hit what you're aiming at, but you also need confidence that when it comes to it, you can defend yourself with lethal force if necessary. Mm-hmm. And that's why, circling back, that's why Blazing Sword doesn't try to push gun ownership on people. Yeah. Because if you believe that you can't do it, yeah. well, who are we to say otherwise? Right. You know you, and we're not going to make that very important decision. That's right. And there's other things that you can do, too. You can take self-defense classes. You can take martial arts. There's all, all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I was wondering, you mentioned uh, also the pink pistols. Is mm-hmm. there uh, some crossover with that group? Can you tell us about that group? I sure can. Yeah. So the Pink Pistols actually predates Operation Blazing Sword. It was founded 22 years ago. Mm. Interestingly enough, it was theorized before it was created. Mm. So there is a gentleman known as Jonathan Rauch, Rauch, R-A-U-C-H. I'm horrible with names. I can never remember to look it up. But he was writing for a magazine I think it was Slate. It might be Salon. Okay. As I said before, I'm terrible with names. It's sure. one of those... One of those very popular magazines. Yes. Yeah. And so in the year 2000, he was talking about, uh, you know, gay bashing mm. and and the, the increasing uh, violence yeah. towards queer people. Mm. And he said, Mr. Rauch said, we need this organization of gay gun owners mm-hmm. to normalize gun ownership by gay people, 
I believe he was a gay man, and so that's that was okay. his emphasis. Where was he based out of? I don't know. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to say Washington, D.C., but okay. I could just be... Okay. Um, well, we can look that up. Yes, yeah. we can. Everybody can look that up. Homework. Um, but... So the, you are a teacher. <laughs> so, so the Pink Pistols, he theorized, would normalize gun ownership and it would give homophobes pause. Mm. Again, the, the herd immunity. And they would think, well, maybe I don't want to hit hit them because they might be carrying a gun. Was this in the 90s? No, no, this was literally the year 2000. Oh, okay. All right. And and so the Cuz in the 90s there were all kinds of anti-gay referendums. Oh yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh I don't know if he's the one who came up with with the slogan mm. armed gays don't get bashed. Mm. Um if not, it was the person who founded the Pink Pistols and that would be Douglas Crick, aka okay. Cricket who read that article and said, that's a great idea. We should do that. And so he created the Pink Pistols. Mm. And the Pink Pistols... That's interesting. I didn't realize that it was gay men who did that because I've always noticed, I mean, I, I'm not, I haven't been really involved, that it's always been women, whether that's cisgendered or trans women, who have been, who've been the most active I've se- that I've seen. But maybe that's just where I've been living. Uh, when did you start paying attention to this? Um, maybe like 10 years ago or something. I've had a strange life, so I, I kind of go in and out of popular culture. Okay. Yeah. I, I agree that there has been a growth, really in the past 10 years, there's been a very explosive growth mm. of, of women in firearms, not yeah. just in, in ownership, but in activism and in making female-centric uh, firearms and firearm accessories yeah, yeah. for the longest time. I'm also thinking of the DC project, which is a lobbying group. Yeah. I, I'm familiar mm-hmm. with them mm-hmm. for the longest time. For example, the, the way to advertise to uh, women in order to get them to buy a gun would be shrink it and pink it. Sure. Right. Right. But not every woman goes for that. And so for the past 10 years or so, we've seen a lot of manufacturers going, well, let's actually find out what women want. Yes. And so anything that includes women is by and large going to involve trans women yes, as well. Right. Uh, so as it should. And girls as well. Yes. Like any kind of girl. Uh, when I was living in Alaska, actually, you mentioned Shrink It and Pink It. There were very small, long guns that were pink that were on sale at, at gun stores for little girls, mm-hmm. you know, cause the, the gun culture in Alaska is act, is very strong, of mm-hmm. course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For good reason. Yes. Yeah. But, but to get back to your yeah. question, I, I mean, I, I, I wasn't really aware of gun culture okay. at that time. Mm. I, I was still pretty young and had my head up my butt in a lot of ways. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but as far as I know, mm-hmm. um, I, I do believe it was founded primarily by gay men because this was the era of you know Matthew Shepard yeah. and mm-hmm. a lot of the violence because, well, bluntly, society likes lesbians a hell of a lot more than it likes gay men. Mm. And, you know, it you, the, the, the gay panic defense, like you mentioned. The Some whole, might say that lesbians were just ignored. In preference to gay men. Well, 
but that's a that's a deeper community uh, conversation. What, what what I was getting at was that lesbianism is considered sexier mm. by by straight men, sure. whereas straight men but, perceive gay men as threats sometimes. But in reality, though, the reality of lesbians is usually not what cisgendered straight men are looking for. Oh, I know. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you got, I can get twice as long in plastic. I'm not interested. That's right. Um, mm. uh, right. So, so that's how it yeah. started. Yeah. And while Blazing Sword was and is education and outreach, yeah. Mm-hmm. Pink Pistols has been about community and sustainment, mm. and so it's more about. We are going to create a a club, an organization, mm. a safe space where you can come in and you, know, you you can learn about guns. You can talk about guns. We can shoot guns. Is it only LGBT? Well, it's it's open to anyone. Okay, all right. You you, you don't have to be queer. All okay. you have to do is say I'm a pink pistol. Okay, and you can join. Okay. Now, if you make people uncomfortable, you'll you'll be asked to to leave the chapter. Yeah. yeah. But it, it is not a queers only club. Okay. And I was thinking just contrasting it with the um, Blazing Swords, which is kind of mm-hmm. uh, cis and uh, trans and straight and queer. It's kind of a mix. I, I want to muddy all that up. I want it mm-hmm. to be big tent and inclusive. Okay. I really dislike the term ally. Mm. And, and I know why it's used, but I do I tri- say, say more about that. I, I, I will. Yeah. I was just gathering my thoughts. Okay. Um, while I understand the premise behind it, mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. okay, you haven't lived it, but you're sympathetic, mm. so that makes you an ally, but you know, you're not exactly one of us. While I understand that in principle, and it has its use, mm-hmm. when we're talking about an organization that is for support... Mm. I feel that making it for queers only mm. relegates allies to second-class citizen status. Mm. And honestly, queer people, we are such a small mm-hmm. percentage of this big nation yeah. that we cannot afford to alienate people. Mm. Mm. And so, so allyship—that's an unnecessary boundary. In a lot of ways, mm, yes. Okay. And and within Pink Pistols, yeah, everybody comes to the party. Yes. Why not? Yes. Why not? I mean, it's it's none of my business who you sleep with or yeah. what you have between your legs. And so, if that doesn't matter to me, and it doesn't matter to the functioning of the organization, yeah. it, it shouldn't matter at all. So. As long as you support the goal of the Pink Pistols, which is we are going to teach and support uh, queer people in their gun ownership and then tell other people that it has been done, yeah. then you're a Pink Pistol and, and there's no ally about it. Does um, Speaking of uh, bigger communities outside of LGBT mm-hmm. spaces or communities, space is such a weird Mm-hmm. word to use I, I must say I rarely use it but I don't know why I just did anyway um, 
it does uh, blazing swords or pink pistols. Do you guys do any lobbying or is this all about uh, skill sharing basically? We do not do any lobbying because mm. we are a 501c3. Lobbying is a 501c4 oh, organization. And I have to be very careful what I say. Mm. Um, now, I, I can complain mm. about laws and politicians yes. all I like. Mm. And that's fine. And I, I will do that. Yes. But we have to be very careful not to be seen endorsing certain candidates. Mm. Now... There are some laws, some regulations, which I believe we can say this is good, we support it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But due to an overabundance of caution, I am very careful about what I say. And so I take pains not to endorse, you know, as a figurehead or speaking for the organizations, yeah. um, any political candidate or yeah. political party. Yeah, that must be tough for you, I would think. Well, it, it's tough only in that people ask me questions and I have yeah. to explain, I'm yeah. sorry, I'm, I'm really not comfortable. But, yeah. oh goodness. Especially since you, I mean, you basically head up a couple of guns rights organizations and with a whole bunch of queer and trans people, like, I would, I would assume that you have uh, people coming at you from every direction wanting to kind of, you know, trip you up or something. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Well, that's why I don't want to be a 501c4, because that's when you get into mm. the political blood sports. Mm. And I'm, I'm, I'm too busy doing what I'm yeah. doing right now. Right, right. And my concern, this is a concern I've had since day one, and it's still a concern seven years later, mm -hmm. or six or whatever. Math is hard. <laughs> is that the people who need to hear our message the most mm. are the ones who are likely not to hear it. Mm. Because, as mentioned before, communities are insular yeah. and they tend to close ranks. Yeah. And there is this unfortunate perception within large parts of the gay community. And you were talking about community before. Yeah, yeah. we're about as organized. And allies yeah. of it, too. But, but I mean, the queer community is basically an Olympic-sized tub full of cats. Yes. Yes. <laughs> that, that, that's the amount of organization we yeah, have. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's so many communities, mm -hmm. you know. And unfortunately, within that, gun ownership is looked down upon. Mm -hmm. And so if you are queer and you own a gun... Uh, it, it, it's almost like being outed as gay mm. in the 70s and 80s. There's a lot of naming, shaming, and blaming. Yes. It's, why would you want that? Does this mean you're going to shoot people? Mm -hmm. Do you want to kill people? Mm -hmm. Do you want to kill yourself? Are you a Republican? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Nothing wrong with being a Republican, by the way. Just, you know, assumptions are made. And, and so this is why a lot of people want to stay in the gun cabinet. Mm. And... So the people who I think really need to hear the message mm -hmm. of Operation Blazing Sword and get that education so that they aren't operating from ignorance, yeah. they're the ones who aren't hearing it. Right, right. And I, I would very much like to get the message deep into, this is not a correct term, but I can't think of a better one, sure. the queer enclaves, mm. you know, you know, deep into San Francisco, deep into yes. New York. Or like the LGBT centers, 
I have a, a little bit of is- issue with them because I feel like they hire lobbyists to do specific kind of work um, that that should benefit the entire community or they should at least think about the entire community. Mm-hmm. But they only have a particular, sometimes narrow agenda that has to do with their own kind of mm-hmm. activism. And it almost becomes like LGBT community, in quotes, policy. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, lawmakers and funders will sometimes listen to them mm-hmm. instead of taking a broader view. Mm-hmm. So a year after uh, Blazing Sword was created... Mm. I, and this took a lot of work, a lot Mm. of effort. I was able to have a seminar in Orlando Mm. and it was essentially run, hide, fight. Mm. And, and so it wasn't about, you know, here's how you draw your gun and you shoot the, the, the assailant. Mm -hmm. It was about surviving a mass shooting. And there was an emphasis on first aid Mm -hmm. and there was an emphasis on hiding and so the only thing that involved guns was the fact that pink pistols Mm. and blazing sword you know we are firearms a a pro-gun organization Mm -hmm. was involved okay and i can feel something coming here oh yes (laughs) and so i i tried to reach out to the various uh well, maybe there was only one. I don't remember. Anyway, I, I tried to reach out to the Orlando queer organization, mm-hmm. and they wouldn't return my phone call. Wow. Mm. And honestly, that that's continued. I, I get the cold shoulder from most of these organizations. Amazing. And I had secured a venue, and it was with a particular church. And things had progressed, you know, to a preliminary standpoint to where, okay, um, we've got the, the 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 time and the location. Now let's talk about how much we're going to pay you. Yeah. And then apparently, because I don't truly know what happened, but it sounded like first we were talking with, say, the business manager or the church secretary, mm-hmm. but then the church council found out about oh, it. No. Oh, and then an emergency meeting was called. And, oh, it, yes. and, and it, it came down to, Guns are bad, okay? And so we've decided we're not going to let you have your meeting here. How can self-defense become politicized? I mean, not even just guns. Like, I mean, it sounds like you guys were just doing like a like a self-defense class that so many mm-hmm. colleges give. I mean, colleges give those kind of courses. Because we had guns in the name. Okay. And yeah, don't and you're, you're the bad people. Yes, because you want people to f- defend themselves. Yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. <sighs> so yeah, th- this can get back to a question you asked. And we never fully answered. Yeah. What kind of pushback I get? And, yes, and I get I, it from both I'm sides. I'm wondering about that. Um. So it's very different, mm. depending on whether it's from the right or the left. Oh, by the way, uh, did they allow you to have your event? We had to go to a different uh, place, but we held it at a Jewish community center. And hey, awesome. the Jewish people are A-okay with awesome. protecting themselves yeah. with firearms, even though we didn't teach anything about firearms. So yes, I was able to have it after a Great. lot of idiocy. Great. Okay. Now back to the friction part. Okay. Yeah. So if the left has a problem with me, yeah. They almost always look at me as some sort of traitor. 
Hmm. I am not an authentic whatever. Wow. And I Auth- am... When people bring out authentic, you know that there's some problems there. Yeah. And, you know, how dare I uh, basically, you know, g- guns are used to queer people. Mm. Guns are used to to murder queer people. So how can you even think that this is good in order to have a gun? And, and, and they're basically saying, well, guns are used to murder. So anyone who has a gun is a murderer mm. and you're bad. And have, can, I, can I can I ask you something? Have have you ever gotten anti queer or anti trans comments from like LGBT people because of that? I I haven't. No. No. Okay. No. Because uh, well, I've noticed that online. Uh, this may be just a, an online phenomenon that if people, or let's say libertarian or um, Republican or conservative, and they happen to be also queer and trans, you know, they don't really have to say anything. They can just identify that way. And um, people will start attacking their identity. They will say things like, um, like say, say the worst kind of things that the worst kind of bigot would say. Like, um, for instance, uh, Caitlyn Jenner is a very obviously polarizing character for many people mm-hmm. you know for good reason to um you know she's doing her thing she's working at fox as a pundit mm-hmm. but i noticed online that people um in an ftm group that i was in were calling her um masculine uh that she had male privilege hmm. uh yeah it, and i pointed out that that is you know the same kind of thing that a turf would say uh and they just didn't understand that mm. because they did not like this person and what they were doing. Mm. So I was, I was, I guess I was just curious if, if it had gone that far. Maybe not. Maybe not, not. Not, not to my knowledge. Yeah. I mean, I've gotten terrible comments, yeah. but they have, to my knowledge, not been by other queer people. So mostly and mostly issue based, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. Well, well I mean, good. other than the usual YouTube trolls who, okay. you know, I'm ugly, I'm fat, I should kill okay. myself, that sort of thing. Um, but <laughs> thank you. Um, but 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 to finish my thought, yes. um, you know, the, the left will regard me uh, the way a vampire regards a crucifix, mm. and just distance. Well, actually, they'll block me. Block you? Yes. You know, they'll they'll, they'll block me. They'll unperson me. Mm. And on the one hand, I mean, I I like the fact that I know like exa- shun you from spaces or yes, I mean, yeah, okay, yes. Like you're not welcome in queer and trans spaces. Yes. Wow. Yes. Mm. Or or I'm kicked out. I'm blocked. Wow. Unfriend. Yeah. Things like that. Mm. And while on one hand, I mean, I, I I can appreciate the purity of purpose. I know exactly where I stand with them. Mm-hmm. This does cut off further communication, yeah. and nothing else can be learned. Yeah. Which is a shame. Yeah. It, it's a shame for both sides. Right. We aren't learning from each other. Yeah. The right is different Mm. the right will not block me Mm. the right will argue with me Mm. and tell me how wrong i am yeah and will want to debate everything Mm. and there are times i think they're trying to get me angry enough to where i block them and they call it a win Mm. and what would they be arguing with you about take your pick okay 
Uh, I mean, they're they're almost always pro gun. Yeah. But. Um, okay. Identity and sexuality. That's okay. Um, I'm transgender. Yeah. So I'm insane. Okay. And so crazy people shouldn't have guns. Okay. Um, or. Well, I shouldn't be teaching queer mm. people how to use guns because they are all leftists and we're arming the enemy. I see. Okay. And so in the inevitable... We're not, we're not all just Americans. There's yeah. like enemy lines. Yeah. And, and so in the inevitable mm. civil war that's going to happen, I'm, I'm arming and training the enemy and things like that. Mm. And so on, on the upside, you know, communication is always happening. Mm. On the downside, there reaches that point where it's just not worth it anymore. Yes. You get tired of that communication, right? Exactly. Yeah. So there, each side is different, and yes. each side has its good and its bad, but they're both very frustrating. Yes, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I find that uh, queer and trans communities can be very cutting. Like, that's that's kind of the, the what I'm thinking about it, like severing relationships. Mm-hmm. Like, that's it. Mm-hmm. Uh, when... You know, that has happened to a lot of queer and trans people. So maybe we should know better to treat each other with a little humanity. You mm-hmm. know? Yeah. It's, 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 it's pretty awful. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> so let me wrap yeah. up because I yes. think we're getting close to time. Yeah. Um, I, I really appreciate you, by the way. Uh, oh, the, yeah. the last couple of, um, guests I've had have been very much like you who are very expert in what they do. So it makes my job so much easier. And I just feel like I'm just kind of like listening in. I'm learning here. Thank I'm you not, so much. I'm, I'm not an interviewer, like whatever, you know? <laughs> so I just, I, I really appreciate you. Um, and, you know, also just the position that you're taking, like we've been talking about as being kind of this person that people, mm-hmm pivot off of for for thinking about what they're doing in their lives and um, how they're preparing themselves or how they relate to other people who are very different you're you're juggling a lot of uh, uh, personalities and you know a lot you're doing a lot there well thank you I I feel like I'm not accomplishing nearly enough everyone else tells me I'm too hard on myself but yeah yeah I feel like I I have also you know also take a break you know, I, there's also this, uh, thing in activist communities where people push, 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 and, and then they burn out. Yeah. They burn out. They mm-hmm. do start doing bad activism. They start mm-hmm. getting angry with people in ways that are, you know, not healthy and mm-hmm. not accompli- going to accomplish anything. But I don't see you doing that, but you know, just keep it in mind. I, I take lots of breaks. Yeah. Good. good. I've. Fortunately, I don't have to do everything by myself. Yeah. Organizations, right? Yes. You, you delegate out? Yes, I do. Yeah, good. Uh, I've, I've got a wonderful board of directors. I've got a lot of great admins and moderators yeah. See, on that's, social that, media. That's so healthy because oh, yes. that also grows other people in terms of their activism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, so Ping Pistols, yeah. we got a little bit off track. Uh, so, so that was in 2000. Mm-hmm. And now we've got roughly 55 or so chapters across the country. Yeah. It's not as widespread as Blazing Sword, but the difference again, Blazing Sword is about education yeah. and getting you there. Once you have decided that guns are right for you, mm. ideally, 
you will then join or create a Pink Pistols chapter oh, okay. so that you can continue to to perpetuate mm. um, that, that, that atmosphere of pro-2A, pro-queer inclusion and education. Yeah. Now I understand, because I was wondering what the relationship is. So mm-hmm. Blazing Swords is more like the introduction and uh, the basic education. Mm-hmm. And then if you actually want to become a, a gun owner and mm-hmm. be, a, be a part of um, a gun club, you know, mm-hmm. where you shoot and you have camaraderie and you learn mm-hmm. more, that would be Pink Pistols. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. And so it's my hope that someone who starts off being gun curious yeah. and gets the education, decides to become a gun owner, yeah. will then join or create a Pink Pistols chapter mm-hmm. and then can become a Blazing Sword volunteer instructor themselves Yeah. and perpetuate the cycle. Yeah. So uh, what's on the docket for um, what the Pink Pistols or Blazing Swords is, is doing these days? Well, first of all, yeah, we are now one organization. Oh, yes. Oh, okay. Yes. Um, it, it was founded in 2000. Mm-hmm. But in 2018, the first speaker, Gwen Patton, stepped down. Mm. And I was a Pink Pistol before I started Blazing Sword. Okay. And... She was making noises about she needed to retire for health reasons. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I actually had her join the board of directors for Blazing Sword and oversee its integration. Okay. And so in 2018, Pink Pistols integrated into Operation Blazing Sword. So okay. I run both of them because they are basically the same. Okay. It's sort of like the way the Marines are a department of the Navy. Sure, sure. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, um... So if, say, a Pink Pistols chapter needs money to go to Pride Mm -hmm. and they can't raise that money, Mm. well, Blazing Sword is a 501c3 and we can have a charity fundraiser, which is tax deductible. That's great. And then I can earmark that money for them to go to Pride or to hold a concealed carry class or whatever they want to do. And so that's how I, I worked to make that happen for so long. And I, I feel like we still haven't gotten firing on all cylinders. And also it sounds like you can work across like the urban rural divide yes. as well. Cause you know, sometimes rural places have less um, resources mm-hmm. and uh, sometimes, sometimes less safety around mm-hmm. these issues. So, so yeah, that's great. Yeah. yeah. So, so now I can raise funds on mm-hmm. a, on a national yeah level yeah, just you to help can hit those chapters. big donors yeah well <laughs> <sighs> keep writing those letters that's that, that that's something i'm still working on i still haven't yet figured out really how to approach a corporate yes. donor and say give me money yeah um it's, because it's a because, hard one well well I, I i do that because i have the courage and then they say well what's in it for us and then mm. i go i don't know <laughs> I mean, a, yes. a good feeling, a tax write-off, you're growing your customer base, and apparently that's not enough. Yeah. I don't know. Um, so if you're watching this and you know about you know being a marketing director, please contact me. Blazing Sword really needs your help. Yeah, and grant writers. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's that's it's the the reason why those are fields of uh, you know professions. That mm-hmm. is because they are difficult jobs. Mm-hmm. And, well, we're a charity, so we don't have a whole lot of money. Mm-hmm. And so, 
it, there are all sorts of organizations that have offered to help yeah. and the price they've quoted me, it's like, this will bankrupt us. Yeah. yeah Goodness. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. finding one that, that'll do it for or, little or no money. Is yeah. Put in, put in a few, few hours, few volunteer hours every week, you know, why not? Or every month, whatever, mm-hmm. you know. But to answer your question, yes. what we have on the docket. On the docket. What's in the future here? So th- there's something that's very exciting. And I think by the time this airs, mm. it will have been ruled upon because the Supreme Court is pondering it right now. Mm. Um, we aren't a litigant, but Pink Pistols filed an amicus curiae brief, you know, friend of the court. Wow. Oh, oh we've done this a bunch wow. of times. We, we file... Uh, amicus briefs for for decades and and in fact um one of the washington dc rulings uh ren versus dc is is properly ren and pink pistols versus dc Mm. um so that that was i believe the only one where we were actually uh you filed as plaintiffs but but we file as uh uh, amicus for a lot of these things because when you are trying to get a case in front of a judge whether it is a district judge a circuit judge a supreme court judge the more varied the responses the more likely they are to read it because mm-hmm. okay it it's a gun law you're going to expect all the pro-gun people to be for it and all the anti-gun people to oppose it mm-hmm. yawn mm-hmm. How does that work with being uh, a nonprofit? I'm not entirely sure what you mean. How does that work? Um, in terms of like it not being lobbying. Well, it's not lobbying mm-hmm. because this is not about trying to get someone to pass a law. Okay. This is going through the courts. Okay. Okay. Um, Sorry, I, I'm ignorant of, of uh, legal system procedures so. I'm I'm pretty yeah. I'm pretty ignorant myself yeah um but if the judge sees that there's been this this broad coalition mm-hmm. um the, in the previous one I don't remember the name but but pink pistols was a joint filing with uh, the National African American Gun Owner Association mm. and um that's also grown in the last yes. couple years yeah and and I, I believe it, it was it was a Jewish fire. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. The point being, it was there was a whole bunch of of different people, and and it was sort of the whole and 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 here's the rainbow yeah. uh, coalition yeah. uh, amicus brief, and you know a, a judge when they see that oh well this is interesting yeah. I didn't expect that right. if nothing else they will be curious and they will read yeah and so we frequently file for that purpose. Mm-hmm. Now, admittedly, it has to be something that we believe in. We're not going to just file any old thing. But the one that's currently being decided right now, and I don't know when they're going to reach their decision, but the SCOTUS session is going to close pretty soon mm. for the summer. It's something called uh, NYSERPA versus Bruin. That's the New York State Rifle and Pistol Association. And Bruin is the current superintendent of the state police for the state of New York. And there's a lot to go into on that. Okay. But here's the very, very short version. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The states, actually, every single state 
is either may issue or shall issue, or I suppose constitutional carry, which is definitely shall issue. But but here's the difference between may and shall. Mm -hmm. So you fill out your form, I would like to have a concealed carry permit, and you give it to the government. Now, in a shall issue state, the law states, unless you can give a definite reason why you shouldn't, for example, this person is a convicted felon. Mm-hmm. This person has a history of of um, physical abuse mm-hmm. or whatever. Suicide attempts, something like that. I'm actually not sure if that's in there. Okay. But, mm-hmm. but the point being, unless this person checks one or more boxes mm-hmm. of these specifically delineated reasons why they can't have it, mm-hmm. then you shall issue them their permit. I see, I see. Mm-hmm. So, you know, un- unless you can specifically disqualify them, you're going to give it to them. Sure. May issue... So it sides with the rights. Yes. Mm-hmm. May issue, on the other hand, is very, very soft and squishy. Mm, sounds and, like it. And it says that we, you fill out the form and the state may issue it to you. Sounds like that sheriff office thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it may or it may not, mm-hmm. depending on how it feels. Mm-hmm. I'm paraphrasing, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um and so that's how you can have states like Hawaii, which technically have concealed carry permits, mm-hmm. but do not allow private citizens. Sure. No, so nobody has them, really. Well, I mean, police officers okay. and Professionals. probably... Um, like security or something? That's not what I was thinking of, but yes, mm-hmm. private investigators. Okay, yeah. But, but, but licensed individuals mm-hmm. who need it for their job. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But but just your average citizen cannot mm. get a concealed carry permit mm. because they are May issue. Mm-hmm. New York State is also May issue. And so it's almost like people have rights. Yes. And so <laughs> New York State Rifle and Pistol Association is suing the superintendent of police mm. because the state police are the ones who decide whether or not they're going to yeah. issue that. And they are basically saying... You are not issuing this fairly. Yeah. Yeah. For these reasons. Mm-hmm. And so we are going to sue you because we want you to give these permits out fairly. Yeah. And this has the implication, the possibility of turning New York from May issue to Shell issue. Mm. And if that happens, then. All of the other states, which are May issue, are suddenly vulnerable to lawsuit mm. because that's amazing. Because well, we've got precedent, and yeah. precedent is is this magical thing to the courts and in New York too. Yeah. You know, if if it happened once, then there's a really good chance you know it could happen again. Yeah, and I was very involved in the creation of this amicus brief. Mm. I'm not a lawyer; I didn't write it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm completely blanking on the name of the company, uh, the law firm that wrote it for me. I'm sorry. I wish I could name drop mm. them. Um, but I was put in touch with them by the Second Amendment Foundation, mm, who, who are run by my friends, the Gottliebs. They're fantastic great. people. And Yeah, name drop all you want. Thank you. <laughs> and so they put me in touch with this law firm mm-hmm. who, who did it all for free. Wow. Uh, well, it was free to me. I don't know if SAF paid them or if it was a tax write-off or what. Sure. Um, and I was in contact with the lawyers who wrote that brief. Mm. And I said, look, I, I, I'm not going to tell you how, how you do your job. Mm-hmm. You, I've never written uh, an amicus brief before. But 
here's some ideas. Yeah. You know, here are some points that I think you could make. Right. As a layperson, how do you translate this into legal language? Yes. Yeah. And and one of them was, I'm so proud of this, because I, I feel like it had the possibility, the real possibility to put New York politicians into a Morton's Fork, mm. which is, which one of these two bad decisions do you want to uh, to choose? Sure. <laughs> And it's so, like in that meme where you press one button or the other. Yes, yes. exactly. <laughs> and so I pointed them towards this increase mm. in violence against queer people mm. that, that has been ramping up. Really? Mm. Yes. I haven't looked at the statistics. Where do you find statistics like that? Poof. Gone. Poof. Okay. Um, Sorry. I, I know <laughs> it's, it's difficult to sometimes pull things up like that. It's, it's, it's an acronym, National Something or Other. I, as soon as we get done okay. and I'm driving home, yes. I know I'll remember it. I'll, I'll get it to okay. you. Um, but, but yeah, they, they specifically track violence against queer people. Okay. And so I said, okay, well, we, we've got rising violence mm. against queer people. Mm. And I know that New York, specifically New York City, mm. prides itself on being not just tolerant, but but open and accepting mm-hmm. towards queer people. Yeah. But they are specifically making it difficult for queer people to defend themselves. Right. So you maybe want to phrase this in such a way that you have to ask New York, well, which is more important? Protecting the lives of your queer voters, yeah. in which case you have to let them have guns. Or deciding that gun control is more important and send the message that their lives aren't as important as your precious gun control. Right, right. And the lawyers saw that and said, oh, this is fantastic. Yes. Yeah, yeah. it's interesting. I always, I try to bring this up. I try to highlight this a lot that whenever we're taking away people's rights, it's always the most vulnerable that are are hit with that first. Mm-hmm. Always, always. Free speech if you curtail free speech, guess who's going to be curtailed first? It's going to be people like you and me, mm-hmm. you know, the troublemakers, the queer people, the trans people. Mm-hmm. We got to fight for our rights, mm-hmm. all of them. And this is why I say that gun rights are queer rights. Yeah. And, and, and I've got a multi-part breakdown, which yeah. I haven't committed to memory. I'll make sure that you get it. I know that's a T-shirt somewhere. That must be. <laughs> I don't know that it is, but it ought to be. It should be. But, but, but the very short version of it is that guns in queer hands defend queer lives. Yeah. You know, right. you, queer lives are worth defending. Yeah. And if you are killed by people who want to visit violence on you, you know, you're, you don't have a queer life anymore. Right. You need to be able to defend it. And you need to be able to defend it efficiently. Yeah. Let's not be martyrs, people. Let's be alive. Yes. <laughs> and so... Gun ownership is pro-queer mm-hmm. because it protects queer lives. Right. And therefore, if it protects queer lives, gun rights are queer rights. That's right. That's right. I, I, I'm totally there with you. <laughs> and I think that's a good place to end this. I agree. Yeah. yeah. We've been talking for a while here. and mm-hmm. I'll, I'll tell you what. I love these conversations, but it really does take a, a bit out of me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I hope you that, that you're okay and... 
I've I've had a bit more practice. Yes, yeah, probably. I'm sure you're the head of a couple of important uh, uh, organizations. Anyways, thank you so much, Aaron. I really appreciate you taking the time. I it's know my pleasure, Shane. You're so busy. I, I really appreciate it. So, well, the message needs to get out. Yeah, and if this documentary just reaches one person mm-hmm. who decides maybe I should investigate. Yeah armed self-defense yeah then it's worth it yeah and you know that's that's who i'm trying to um highlight in the in this series is uh voices that aren't often heard you know points of view uh opinions um and i i you know so far it's been really fun and even though i don't always agree with my guests i i agree very very well with you uh it's still it's still fun for me. I think that I I think I've had some really thoughtful conversations so far. So, Great. Yeah, and I've I've really enjoyed today. Well, thank Thanks. you. Yeah. I've enjoyed it too. Yeah, maybe I'll become a, a pink pistol. You should. <laughs> yeah, once I settle down somewhere after this this trip. <laughs> yeah, I had to I had to actually sell my guns. <gasps> yeah, when I left Alaska. All of them. Yeah, and and I sold a bunch of my ammo. Um, <gasps> Basically, because I didn't want to deal with transfer because I had to go over the Canadian border. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And to get my guns back from here, from a lower 48 state, I would have to establish residency in a particular state and have an ID mm-hmm. and then go through more, you know, more of the red tape in order mm-hmm. to get them back from whatever store I had transferred them to. So I was like, this is just, this is nonsense. So I, I sold them. Uh, a very nice neighbor uh, bought them at my cost and... You know, I gave him a good deal on a bunch of ammo too, so it was it was a good trade. Well, good all right, they went to a good home. Yeah, and it 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 actually funded my uh, trip down here. <laughs> so that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. I I still have some ammo left. Uh, you know, every every once in a while, I'll I'll stop into a Cabela's or, you know, whatever, and check check out the candy store. <laughs> so, anyway, thank you so much. My pleasure. Yeah.